Hello. Yes, I'm on. How are you? I'm going to speak from down here. Is that all right? Can you all see me? Yes, kind of. Okay, you have to talk to me, otherwise I'll find you really scary. Is that all right? Can you talk to me? Yes? <laughs> Everyone nod your head. Yes. It's so good to get to be here with you all tonight. Um, I think I'm okay. We were just talking about all the things that went wrong, and my iPad didn't charge. It's been on charge all afternoon. I got here and went, oh my word, my iPad's not working. But that's okay. It's amazing. So good. Well, I'm so glad that you are here tonight. Are you glad to be here? It is my great joy and privilege to get to be here with you all tonight. And, um, and like Vicky said, we met just over a year ago um, when we moved to Liverpool. And um, we, we just love your pastors. Do you love your pastors? Yeah. Do you love Vicky and Barry? Yes. Let's, let's give them a round of applause. They're pretty good people. Yeah, these guys. And we, um, I'm so excited to get to be here tonight. We've talked a lot about church and about you guys, and it's clear that they love church and that they love building the house of God. And um, I'm just being here, getting to come and see this building. I'm so excited about what's ahead for you guys as a church and for what God is going to do um, here in Warrington and for the plans that he has. God is building his church, right? Yeah, what a, what a privilege and a joy to get to be a part of something that God is doing. I believe that God's church moves forward, that it's generational, that God has a great plan for his church. So, okay, a couple of quick things before I start. Um, Hannah, is that right? Yes. yes. Um, I don't know you and you don't know me. You'll, you'll feel like you know me a little bit by the end of tonight. But um, I just, you know, when we were in worship, I just really feel to tell you that I really believe that it's um, not an accident that you guys are here and that you are here in the timing of God. And um, I just sense there's a real gift of encouragement on your life and that this is, you're here for such a time as this. It's the right thing and good timing that you're here. So I'm going to believe that God does great things over the next couple of months. And, um, and Fatma, yes, I think I saw your baby before and your baby is so cute. I just saw this little baby outside. I've got three children, they're grown up now and every time I see a baby, oh my word. Anyway, um, it, it's really obvious to me that you have a gift of leadership on your life. And, um, and when you stand up, you don't just sing, you lead people in worship. And that's an amazing thing. And um, I guess the worship team, this is my love. I love all the teams, but the worship team is my love. And um, we've spent a lot of years with worship teams. And um, I really believe that you, um, there's a, a real sort of, um, I don't know if the right word is, a charge on your life to really, um, really train up an army of worshippers, not just to lead the church in a few songs every Sunday, but to train up an army of worshippers, because worship is warfare, and, um, and God is going to use the worship of this church and the song that comes out of people's mouths to just advance his kingdom. So yes, you're being encouraged in what you are doing. So good, so good. Amazing. Well, I'm glad that you are here. Like I said before, I felt praying for you on my way here tonight. I felt like for some of us, being here tonight, there's a, a cost involved. And you know, we come out to a night like this, and as women, it's not like we get dressed and everything goes to plan, is it? No, no, it isn't. I don't know about you, but kids and husbands on everything in the mix, it's, it gets messy at times. And sometimes it feels like just Getting here is like, um, you know, the, the woman who brought a costly jar of, of perfume and broke it at Jesus' feet, and, um, and she just wanted to worship him. And I feel like for some of us here tonight, just being here is like that, and you made it. And I believe that God wants to speak to you tonight. I just want to um, take a moment before, before I get started. I, um, I really believe tonight that um, you haven't just come to hear some good words or come to hear, you know, just a message, but you've come to meet with God tonight. 
And I believe that God wants to meet with his daughters tonight, that this is pleasing to the Lord when we gather like this, when the girls gather. And I I just want to just create a moment where we can just kind of um, meet before the Lord tonight. And I believe that God can use a donkey to speak. I believe that he can use me to speak to you tonight. And I believe that God will just use a word or just something that he'll prompt you, your heart, and something that I say tonight, that there will just be something that you think, yep, that's for me. And believing that God is going to speak tonight. So if, you, if um, tonight you, you're here and you're like, I really, I want God to speak to me tonight. I'm expecting, I want God, I want to leave here with a word from the Lord tonight. I don't want to leave here the same. I want God to speak to me. Would you just raise your hand? I believe that God uses our expectation. And that that's what he's going to do tonight. I'm going to pray for you before we begin. God, I just thank you, Lord, that you are in this place, God. Lord, I thank you for your presence, God, as we gather tonight, Lord. I thank you for your girls. And tonight, Lord, I pray that you would come and walk amongst us, God, that you would minister tonight to your people, God. Lord, that your spirit would be so evidently here tonight, God, that you would do what only you can do, Lord, in our hearts, God, in our minds, God, in our lives tonight, God. Just one word, God, just one one little thing, God, that you would use it tonight, God. God, that you would inspire dreams in people's hearts tonight, God, that you would cause confidence, God, to rise in your girls tonight, God, that you would do something tonight, God, that you would answer prayers, Lord God, that you would speak to the longings in our heart tonight, God, that you would bring peace, God, that you would bring comfort, Lord, that you would bring joy, Lord, that you would speak to your girls tonight, Lord, and we know that you will do it in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Everyone say amen. 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 So good. Okay, I brought a picture of my family to show you. Do you want to see them? Okay, I think somewhere maybe it's going to come up if we're lucky. Otherwise, I'll just tell you about them anyway. So, um, so like we were saying before, we, I'm from Australia. You can hear my accent, my accent, right? I don't sound like I'm from Liverpool yet. I will get there one day, <laughs> but not there quite yet. So we moved from, um, well, uh, it's a bit of a complicated story, but we basically, we were living down in London for nearly five years and back in Australia for about 18 months. We've been part of, um, of Hillsong Church now for, for me, over 23 years, for Ruben longer than that. But um, we, um, yeah, we, we love what we get to do. We feel so privileged to get to do this. And when um, a little while ago, we sensed the Lord really stirring our hearts to plant a church in uh, this part of the world. And Liverpool is where we ended up. And um, it's such a, a privilege to get to be there. And we always say to people, the best thing about the journey so far, we've been doing services now. Actually, this weekend is about a year for us. We've got some celebrations happening on the weekend. And, you know, God has done great things. Um, people sort of, when we first started, people said, what are you going to like back up the truck and roll out Hillsong Church? And voila, there it is. But it doesn't really work like that. So we have, like you guys know, those of you that are on team, you know, building church is a great joy, but there's, there's hard work involved. And we've just gathered a group of people who dare to believe God that he can do something amazing in this part of the world, which is what you are doing here as well. And, um, and together, we're just giving it a go. We're just, you know, cracking on, trying our best, seeing what God can do with a just really ordinary bunch of people who love the Lord and want to see great things happen, who are willing to lay down their life for the cause of Jesus. So um, over the course of the year, we've seen over 200 people saved, respond to salvation altar calls and give their life to the Lord. And, 
you know, God is doing great things, but um, our challenge now is to pastor those people and to see them actually grow in, as, you know, in, in their walk for the Lord. So we, we love what we get to be about. So the photo, it was going to be my husband and my three children. I have three kids. I've got a 16-year-old boy and a, um, a 13, nearly 13-year-old boy and an eight-year-old girl. So they are um, the love of my life. They're my great joy, and um, they are on this journey with us. We love them, and um, they're good ones. Okay, are you ready to begin? Yeah. Yes. I want to tell you a story before, um, before we get into it. Um, we were on holidays recently. Did anyone go on holidays over the summer? A couple of people. They're the brown ones amongst us, the very tanned people, although I feel like my tan is slowly dying. Um, so we were on holidays, and we, were, um, we went on a bit of a road trip, and one of my sons, we love to road trip. My husband loves to drive. I'm like, happy you drive. I'm happy to sit here and be driven if that's what you want to do. Great, let's go on a road trip. But he loves, he loves road tripping, and in the back of the car, there's always those great conversations that happen, and one of my kids, he was flicking through Instagram. He's like, no way. You know, as, as that happens, I don't know if any, anyone's got teenage kids, that will be, you'll be aware of that. And um, he's like, no way. I said to him, what is it? And he said to me, oh, mum, there's this weird picture of, um, of a girl in a wedding dress, but um, she's, she's not getting married to, to a guy. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can see where this is going. But it didn't go where I thought it was going to go. And he said, she's getting married to herself. And um, I was like, oh, he showed me the photo and we looked at it. And then afterwards, I was quite curious. I was like, getting married to yourself? I've never heard of this before. And um, I went online and um, cautiously went online and um, <laughs> looked about this. And I was amazed to see that this is something that's becoming quite common. People are getting married to themselves all over the world. And it's not random, weird people with three heads getting married to themselves. It's really normal people like you and me that are starting to get married to themselves. And, um, and they do the whole thing. You'll be really curious to know this like I was. They do the whole thing. They get engaged for their wedding to themselves. <laughs> then they go out and they buy a wedding dress for their wedding to themselves. And they might have bridesmaids and they have all sorts. They set up a reception. They send out the invitations all for their wedding to themselves. The day arrives. They, um, you know, have their dad walk them, them down the aisle to get married to themselves. <laughs> And, um, and they, you know, they do their vows. They do their vows for themselves. Their vows are tweaked a little bit, and they um, get married to themselves. And um, I, I was really, I don't, know, I, was, I don't know how you feel when you hear about this story, but I was really amazed. I was really shocked. And, um, and I was shocked, and I was a little bit, to be honest, I was a little bit horrified or saddened. I was like, what is this? This is so bizarre. And um, I, I, as I looked a little bit more into it, I realized that most of these girls who are getting married to themselves, the whole idea behind it was, I don't want anything else to complete me. I, wanna, I, I am complete in and of myself, just as I am. I'm complete. Me, and I don't need anything else. I don't need anyone else. It's just me. I'm complete. And a lot of them had gone through a bad breakup. They'd been hurt by guys or hurt by relationships. They'd been disappointed. And it fe feels a whole lot to me like this is a little bit like self-protection mode, that they'd gone into this reactionary kind of despair mode, and, um, and it was coming from a little bit of a broken place in life. And I want to ask you a question tonight. Is it possible to remain grounded or to be immovable even in the face of trials and challenges and the stuff of life that happens to all of us? When stuff happens and you feel disappointed in life or when something unforeseen happens or 
Um, you know, we've, I said before, we've got um, three kids and two of my three kids have type one diabetes, which is, you know, most people when I say that, they're like, oh, well, you're so lucky, it's nothing, you know, too serious. And I'm like, yes, I know. But for, for us in different seasons, there's been a whole lot of working out that no one would ever know what that looks like for us, but there's trials that we live with that no one else needs to know about, but they, they're something that we journey. And I know that for each one of us in the room, we have those things. Whatever that is for you in your life, whether it's your family situation, whether it's your own health, or whether it's whatever that looks like in your life, we all have different things. And can you know what it is to be grounded or immovable, even in the midst of those trials and the stuff that happens? Is our only option to respond to life, or is there something more? And ultimately, I don't know about you, but I think that we all want to live a great life. These girls that are getting married to themselves, they want to live a life of significance and meaning. They don't want anything to hold them back. And I feel a bit the same way. We want to bring our best self and we want to, we want to like kind of suck everything we can out of life. We want to be, live the life that God has created us to live and be everything that God has called us to live. And, um, and I, I, I want to talk to you tonight about something that's in the Bible, and I believe it's a, it's a key to this. Um, it's a Bible concept that I want to talk to you about. The Bible is um, so full of treasure. Who loves their Bible? Yeah. I, I absolutely love my Bible. You know, the, the theme of tonight is, is grounded, and, um, and the Bible is, um, is the very thing, I believe, that grounds us. I don't know where I would be without the Word of God that shapes me and directs me, and that I, I read it a little bit every day. And somehow, God is slowly shaping in me, making me a little bit more and more like Him, and um, taking off my sharp edges day by day. And every day, I think, gosh, Lord, I've, I'm so, so, fa- you know, so failed, so many mistakes in my life, so not perfect, but God is gracious and He's kind. So I want to I wanna speak a message to tonight called, Give Yourself Away. Give Yourself Away. I started telling you tonight about these girls that are giving themselves away, but I don't want to talk to you tonight about that anymore. I want to talk to you about what the Bible says about giving yourself away. And I believe that this idea is a Bible idea, and I believe that it is the key to us staying grounded and immovable in our life and it, as far as being on course with the purposes of God and being in relationship with God and being the people that God has called us to be. So this whole idea is based around a verse in Matthew 10, 39, and I'm, I'm going to read it to you. Have you got your Bible tonight? Or maybe you've got your phone like me. Hold up your phone. Yes. Okay. We're modern people, aren't we? Okay, it says this in Matthew 10, 39. It says, whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. I'm going to read it to you in the Message Bible as well because it reads a slightly different, but I believe that it's kind of cool and it's going to help you tonight. It says, if your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and you look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. So the key idea here is that when we look to God and when we honor him and put him first, in our life. So the first thing is looking to God, honoring him and putting him first. And the second thing is putting others ahead of ourselves. And I don't know, maybe you are some superhuman, amazing person and you are not like me, but I feel like by nature, I'm very selfish. I'm very self-centered. 
I, I'm concerned about me and my rights and what I need and what's fair for me. I'm concerned about protecting myself and making sure that I don't get too hurt on the journey, that I secure my future. We hear a lot about making sure our future is secured, that our lot in life is sure. This is about me getting ahead. And the Bible has this way of flipping it all on its head. And it says, actually, it's not all about you. It's not all about me. Our lives are not meant to be about us. But actually, God has a greater plan. And weirdly, somehow, God's plan is that when we give our lives away, when we lose ourselves, we actually find who we truly are. And these girls getting married to themselves, it's the opposite of what the Bible talks about. It seems to be the opposite to me of what the Bible talks about. That is this whole idea of looking inward, looking into yourself. And what the Bible would seem to suggest is that's no way for us to truly find who we are and to live the lives that we're called to live. But because of Jesus, we're called to live a different way. In 2 Corinthians, it says this in um, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And I think this is the whole um, foundation to the verse I just read you before. It says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Give yourself away. Jesus died on the cross for you and for me out of his generous love for God, out of the love of the Father. He died on the cross. It was a great rescue plan. And our lives, we get to respond to that. We get to live a life like Jesus lived and to give ourselves away, just like our loving Heavenly Father gave his son up for you and for me. So I want to talk to you tonight about this whole idea of giving yourself away. And how do we do this? How do we do this? And I've just got tonight four simple thoughts for you tonight. And, um, and the first one is this. Give yourself to what centers you. Give yourself to what centers you. I want to ask you, what's at the center of your life? What's at the center? What's driving your decisions? Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your, um, your pursuit of, um, of someone to complete you. Maybe um, that special someone. Yes. Um, maybe it's, um, maybe that what's at the center is financial goals or trying to get ahead. Maybe it's you're in a season of study or, or kids or whatever. And these things in and of themselves, I think, are definitely not bad. But the only thing that should be at the very center of our life, driving our decisions and shaping who we are and where we're going in life, is Jesus. Jesus at the center affects everything. Everything finds its place when Jesus is at the center. I believe that if anything in our life is being honored above the Lord, that um, you can guarantee that it's going to take us down a different way, down a different direction. And um, I think that it's a challenge for us all in our lives to keep Jesus truly at the center of our lives. But when you look at your decisions and the things that you're doing, and you can really quickly start to see, okay, I'm just going a little bit off center here. Keeping Jesus as the one that's honored more than, more than the stuff of life, more than our hobbies even, more than that special someone, more than those things, like I said, are not bad in and of themselves. It's just about what's at the center of our life. So I feel like um, when I was thinking about this, I have a couple of little checkups. Do you like checkups? A couple of little checkups, just to see how we're going with this. And um, how do you know if Jesus is at the center of your life? 
How are you going prioritizing the house of God? Check up number one. How are you going prioritizing the house of God? What do Sundays look like for you? How hard is it for you to be in church every Sunday, whether you feel like it or not? When Jesus is at the center, that's a non-negotiable. Being in the house of the Lord every Sunday, that's what we do because we love God and we want to honor him. Can you say, as for me and my house, we will honor the Lord? Are you making godly choices when it comes to your relationships? It doesn't matter most to you that he is in love with the Lord or does his hairstyle matter more to you or does his good looks matter more to you or does the car that he's driving matter more to you? It matters. Our godly decisions, our godly choices when it comes to relationships matter a whole lot. And what about your finances? Ooh, everyone say, ooh, this is the one that stings the most. But I believe that, um, I don't know, um, we believe in our, in our church, in Hillsong Church, we believe in, in um, the Bible principle of, of tithing. And um, I'm amazed by God, his incredible sovereignty and the way he's put this in the Bible, this whole idea of giving the first 10% of what we earn and our, of our earnings and what comes into our life to honor him with that. And what I've come to realize is that that's not just like give my 10% and then whatever. But when I honor God with my 10%, it affects my work, it affects my, um, my loves, it affects the things that are around me, it affects what I can and can't do with my finances, it, it's, it affects my treasure. And I've, I have found in my life that when I'm honoring God first with that finance, when it matters most to me to put God first, it's really easy for me to honor, or it's easier for me to honor God in all the other areas of my life, when I'm honoring God in that area of my life. I'm amazed by God and the way that he has set that up in our life. And maybe that's something for you that you've never really thought much about that. But I challenge you to, to give that a go, to try tithing. You'll be amazed at what God does in your life when you honor him in that really practical way. Romans 12, 2, it says this. It says, put God first in your life. His plans for you are good, pleasing, and perfect. Just a little, um, a little side note before we move on to the next point, but you know, this, this is easier said than done, isn't it? Putting God first in our life. And I'm, I'm talking to you know, people that I'm assuming have mostly, you know, they mostly love the Lord and made a decision to follow God. I'm not talking about salvation. We're, we're all saved. But when it comes to um, putting God first in our life, I think that we need, we need people in our world to keep us accountable. People in our world that we can go, you know what, I'm struggling with that. And this really matters to me to honor God in every area of my life. Would you help me? Would you be the person that I can talk to? That Would you challenge me to make sure that I am keeping God at the center of my life and of my, of my decisions? Is that okay? Yeah. Yes. So the first thing is give yourself to what centers you, God at the center. Okay, number two. Everyone say number two. Number two. Okay, number two is this. Give yourself to eternal things. Have you ever noticed that the ways of God are, are hugely different to the way that we naturally think? Yeah. Or again, maybe it's only me. Maybe you are all very spiritual and you'll fly around the room afterwards or something. But um, <laughs> theologians, they often call um, you know, the things of God, they talk about the upside down kingdom. And um, I don't know if you've ever read your Bible and been like, what? And done a double take and gone, what do you mean? Like the first will be last and the last will be first. That doesn't even make sense to me. But that's the sort of thing that the Bible talks about, this whole idea of giving yourself away to find yourself. 
you know, the world teaches us, go for it, be you, be everything that you, you know, go for it, go for it in your career, and as much money as you can earn, be all that you can be, be you, oh, it's all about you, it's you, it's you. And then we have this issue of so many people who are a bit lost and going, what is going on with my life? I thought it was about me, but I'm still really unfulfilled. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this, it says, fix your eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. What is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. Give yourself to eternal things. You know, um, in that same passage that I just read to you in 2 Corinthians, it goes on, it talks about that um, this, this message that we carry is the treasure. The message of Jesus is the treasure. And the message is being carried around by you and me in clay pots. The Bible does, ladies, talk about us as clay pots. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? As I approach 40, I'm like, yes, my clay pot is cracking a little bit. It's getting there. But um, I don't know, some days I really feel like a clay pot. And um, I think God is amazing. He talks about us as clay pots, as jars that are carrying a really profound, really beautiful treasure, the message of Jesus. And you and me, we, we carry this message around in us. I want to ask you, what are you fixing your eyes on? What are you fixing your eyes on in your life? It's so easy for us to focus on the stuff of life. It'd be so easy for us to focus on the pot, right? It'd be very easy for us to focus on the pot and the needs of the pot and how beautiful the pot is and your pot's more beautiful than my pot and my pot is, you know, your pot's bigger than my pot, my pot's smaller, your pot is a little bit more shapely than my pot, lucky you. (laughs) In heaven, in heaven, I'll get there. Um, But you know what? Actually, the um, newsflash is that it's not actually about the pot. It's not actually, it never was about the pot. It's actually all about what's inside the pot. And you and me are carrying around this glorious treasure, the message of Jesus Christ inside our pot and everything that goes with that, all the freedom, all the love, all the joy, all the peace, everything that goes with the message of Jesus. We carry it around. It's not just the people that you see up the front that carry the message of Jesus, but it's you and me that carry it around in our clay pot. It's so easy for us to focus on the pot and where the pot lives and what the pot drives in and all the stuff to do with the pot. But I want to ask you, what are you building in your life? I think the things that um, the Bible talks about when it talks about focusing on the unseen, it's talking about things like building character and integrity in our life. It's talking about living a life of honor and living a life of honesty. It's talking about growing in the things of God. It's talking about growing in our love for God and our love for people. It's talking about being more concerned about what we can give than what we can get. It's talking about the heart stuff. Is your life consumed by what you can store up or are you living your life to be a blessing for others? Are you living your life to give it away? I was really um, challenged over the summer. I read this verse in Proverbs 21.13 and it talks about um, when we live lives that help the poor, that the ear of the Lord is inclined to answer our prayers. Just stop and think about that for a moment. When we live lives that are open 
that are generous, that want to help the poor, that want to help the needy, that want to actually get involved in very real people's lives and are not just consumed with our own track and where we're going and our needs and what we want and building our little kingdoms and empires and, you know, our natural instinct as human beings. But when we actually live our lives for others, that God's ear is inclined to answer our prayers. And the author of the book that I was reading, he suggested, he said, maybe... Think about if your prayers are not being answered, maybe you've neglected your love for the poor or maybe you've, that's kind of been a bit sidelined. And I felt really challenged by that and I just want to throw that into the mix tonight. But I want to, I want to remind us that when we live our life God's way, that we don't miss out, that God is faithful and God is, um, will listen to your cries and your prayers. Okay, number three is this. Give yourself to others. Give yourself to others. I'm going to have a glass of, a little sip of water. Is that all right? Give your life, yourself to others. Um, I recently was, um, it's a long story, but um, I was involved in just in like a, a webinar. A webinar. Anyone been involved in a webinar before? <laughs> I felt very tech savvy to be involved in a webinar. I'm not tech savvy at all, but I was involved in a webinar. And um, anyway, it was ultimately this big research piece that um, someone out of America had done and World Vision had, um, they've kind of backed this study and um, I was representing um, a pastor of a local church. Um, Our Hillsong Leadership Network was a part of helping to host um, a whole lot of interviews and conversations um, by a whole lot of really exceptional people and I was like the ring-in that somehow randomly got to be involved in this and um, it was a great privilege for me to get to be involved in it. But um, ultimately, this whole piece of research has been done about how do we help the next generation, 18 to 25, maybe 30s, um, how do we help them to live lives that are really connected into church and going forward in, um, in their relationship with the Lord as young people that then stay in church as adults and how do we, how do we, um, you know, yeah, how do we help them in, in that way? And what are some of the key issues that we're seeing come through the next generation because of the digital age and because of all the, you know, um, yeah, kids constantly on their phone like this. And um, and I want to say kids, but let's be honest, adults, mums, people, <laughs> all of us being on our phones, we all live in the same world, don't we? Um, and, you know, the, one of the key findings of the study is nothing th- that's, you know, amazingly startling or new, but um, it talks about how we live in a society that is more connected than ever in so many ways. And at the same time, we've never been more disconnected. There's a book um, called The Happiness Advantage, and the whole idea of this book is that people who are connected in relationships with one another end up in life, they've done research and found that they end up being the most successful people in life. They get the highest paid jobs, and they are the people that are most connected in life. People who have good, solid, um, sorry, they're the most successful people in life, people who have good connections, real relationships beyond just their phone or whatever. And, um, and uh, you know, this, this point I've said, to give yourself to others. I think what I'm talking here about is our giving ourselves to other people as far as helping people and blessing people and giving ourselves, but also giving ourselves to relationships, to real connections in our life. Yeah. It's really easy for us to neglect that part of our life. But I believe that if we're going to be people who are grounded, people who stay in love with the Lord, people who are strong in our relationship with God, we need real connections in our life. I've been married for nearly 19 years now, and how many of us know relationships are hard work? 
Yes, we like to talk about it as relationships take a lot of care. That's how Ruben and I talk about it. Because I feel like hard work in relationships, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of something that feels amazing and fun and that I want to enjoy. But relationships are hard work, whether we're at work or whether we're you know, in church relationships or serving on teams or whatever. It's so easy for us to get um, to get our, to get offended, to get sort of um, you know just to check out, to not really uh, not really be vulnerable, not really be authentic in relationships. Because what if what if we get hurt? What if we get rubbed up the wrong way? We don't really want to be challenged. I mean, it's all fine in relationships until I'm challenged. Then maybe okay, I'm going. I don't, I'm, this is no, no longer working for me. I'm not part of this anymore. But we we need relationships in our life. We need somebody to tell us when we're being really annoying and when we need to pull it together. I need that. That's how I'm going to grow. That's how I'm going to be the person that God has called me to be. That's how I'm going to get better. We need relationships in our life. Give yourself to others. Okay, my fourth and final point is this. Give yourself to trusting in God's promises. The Bible is full of God's promises for your life and my life. Do you know that? Do you know that the Bible has lots of good promises for us? Yeah. And we have to choose whether we're going to live our lives God's way and choose to trust him, to be faithful to his promises and to actually do the things that he said that he'll do in the Bible or if we're going to take back the control and the reins of our own life and live life our way. And even as people who are saved, even as people who are coming along to church every weekend and raising our hands in the air, we still have a tendency to take back control. God, you haven't come through on that yet. I know that you said that you would, but I'm not sure you're going to come through on it. When we choose to live our life God's way, the Bible teaches us that there's a whole lot of promises attached. And our part is to trust God. Trust God that he'll do what he said he'll do. Trust God in his ability. Trust God in his timing. Trust God in his faithfulness. I have here so many scriptures I could read to you, but I'm not going to read them to you for the sake of time. I, I'm, I'm going to um, close with this story. Um, when I was uh, on holidays again, I was standing in a queue in, um, in Starbucks. It's a good queue to stand in, right? Who likes their morning coffee? <laughs> Yes, any tea drinkers? Tea drinkers? Ooh, yeah, okay. I'm a coffee drinker personally, and I was standing in the queue waiting for my morning Starbucks, and um, there was this really cute little girl with her hair all perfectly pigtailed, and she's standing with her mum, and her mum's so done, and they kind of took my, caught my eye because me and my daughter were standing there like, we've just woken up, we're not done. <laughs> we were like far, we were like the opposite of what was going on there. And, um, and but there was, she was, this little girl was so cute. And, um, and the, the mom, she ordered her coffee and she ordered a little something for the little girl. And, um, and you know, it was the, the cafe was in a hotel and um, the lady was um, able to kind of write, sign the bill and have it charged to her room. And so the lady out at behind the till said, oh, she told her the amount. And the, the mom said, oh, just, just charge that to my room. She signed her name and, and that was that. And the little girl, she, um, this is what caught my attention. She looked up at her mom and she said, Mummy, can you teach me to write Daddy's name? <laughs> and I was like, yes, that's awesome. And that she knew in that that there was, you know, her, whatever she wanted could be added to that, that there was access in that name, that there was something to be gained from being able to write that name. And I felt like just in that moment, I felt like the Holy Spirit just, you know, quickened that to me and just said, you need to listen to that. 
Because I don't know about you, but when it comes to trusting God to um, fulfill his promises over our lives, I feel like some of us need to learn to write daddy's name over our situation, over our circumstances. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever's happening in your life, whatever it is that you feel like, I don't know if God's going to come through on that. I don't know if God's got my, my child that's currently, it's a little bit crazy. I don't know if God can look after sickness. I don't know if God can provide in this time of financial need. And if only we truly understood everything that was in that name, all the access that was in that name, everything that would be paid for in that name, if only we learnt to write that name over our situation, over our circumstances, the freedom that's ours, the peace that we have in Christ, the rivers of joy that is ours, the purpose that we have in him, the hope which is ours, the assurance of things to come, the God that fights for us when we feel like we can't fight for ourselves, the God that is our provider, the God that is our more than enough, the God that holds our future. And you know, today, whatever's going on in your life, Whatever's happening in your circumstance, I, I wonder today, would you, would you be reminded about God who keeps his promises, who keeps his promises over our, over our situations, over our circumstances? Maybe today we need to write the name of the God of peace over our circumstance, the God of comfort, the, the God who is our healer, the God who is restorer, the God who is provider, the God who is shepherd the God who is Lord of all, the God who knows the end from the beginning. Maybe for some of us in the room, we need to write the name husband, God our husband, God our lover, God who is our faithful one, God who is our redeemer, God who is our friend. You know, being grounded in God, being immovable. I've talked tonight about losing our life to find our life. Give yourself to what centers you. Give yourself to eternal things. Give yourself to living, to to relationships and give yourself to trust in God's promises. I don't know, tonight maybe if you would just um, right across this place, if you'd be willing to stand to your feet. And I don't know where where you are on this journey. Maybe for you, you're um, at a point in your life where something that I, I've shared tonight, you think, yeah, I've, you know what, this has become really about me and I want to I commit again. I want to I give myself away. I want to find, truly find everything that God has for me by living a life that gives it, it, it by living the life that gives itself away. I don't want to focus on the problem anymore. I don't want to focus and be just stuck in that. I want to focus on God. I want God at the center of everything. I want to ground myself in God. I want to honor him. Or maybe for you, it's um, being reminded about the God who keeps his promises, the God who is faithful, the God who will come through. We don't need to, we don't need to um, take back control, but God is faithful. God is faithful. For some of you tonight, You need to just stir your heart again tonight to believe that God is faithful, that he hasn't forgotten you, that he hasn't neglected you, that he hasn't looked over you, that he hasn't passed by you. But there's more for you. There's more for what God wants to do in your life. And as we surrender control again, as we look to him, as we put our attention again on God, when we put him at the center of things, that God will come through. I believe that our God is faithful. I've seen him do it time and time and time again. 
And I want to remind you girls tonight that your God is faithful, that he loves you, that you are the apple of his eye, that he holds you in the palm of his hands, and that he is faithful. He is faithful. So we're going to take a couple of moments and we're going to sing again together. I'm going to ask the worship team just to lead us. And this is a moment between you and God. This is not about me. This is not about the band. But this is between you and God. It's only God. Only God can change you. Only God can truly meet our very needs that are in our heart. Only God. Only God can come and just reach into the, the far corners of our heart and heal brokenness. Only God can come and do what only he can do. And so tonight, right across this place, would you just raise your hands out in front of you? You know, this is just a sign of surrender, a sign of surrender to the Lord, a sign of surrender. We surrender our hands in worship and we say, God, come and do what only you can do. God, take my life, take my everything, take my yesterday, take my tomorrow, take all that I am. We surrender to you, God. We're going to do that tonight, girls. We're going to sing a song of worship. I want to ask you tonight, would you sing with everything you've got? as you surrender again, as you remind your soul tonight that God is faithful, that he keeps his promises. He's a promise-keeping God. I pray that God tonight would remind you of words that have been spoken over you, that God tonight would remind you of scriptures that have been spoken over your life, of promises that he's tucked into your heart. My prayer tonight for you is that God would come and be so real to you tonight, that the circumstances and the situations that seem impossible, that his hand, as it were, would just be shadowed over those situations and over those circumstances. And you'd realize again tonight that the almighty hand of God is bigger than you remembered it was, that it's greater, that he is kinder and more loving, that he is more faithful, that he is gracious. He's not angry with you. His kindness overshadows us. Come on, girls, let's sing together tonight.